Hello, and welcome to Character in Action, the official podcast for the Seven Degrees of Change Foundation. My name is Matthew J. Norcross, and I'll be your host as we have the privilege of talking with decision makers from our community and beyond who are living examples of the character traits of the Seven Degrees of Change, which are empathy, respect, responsibility, fairness, trustworthiness, caring, and citizenship. These guests are willing to come in and explain how they live and show others by example to be a phoenix. These character traits serve as a basis of a book series I authored called The Phoenix, as well as a correlating character education curriculum developed in association with High Point University. Today's guest is Dr. Howard Buddy Coleman. He received his doctor's degree in philosophy at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill in 1987 and became an associate professor at UNC Wilmington in 2005. He had retained that position until at least 2013 when he became an associate professor at Coastal Carolina University in Conway, South Carolina, with a specialty in teaching educational leadership. In 2017, Coleman left the world of colleges and universities and joined Phoenix as a member of its team of principals. He currently leads the school's Middle High Campus and joins us now via telephone at the campus. All right, buddy. Thank you for joining us on Character in Action. Now, before we begin, can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. I'm uh, Dr. Buddy Coleman, currently dean at uh, Phoenix Academy Charter School. Uh, I've served as a uh, superintendent of schools. also worked with charter schools, and I was a professor at UNC Wilmington for several years. Published a lot of uh, articles on uh, charter schools. Also presented at state and national conferences. I'm real committed to the charter school movement. Uh, but I've also had a keen interest in character education, how the culture of a school affects everything that goes on there, from academics to, to behaviors to having a very positive environment for students. I've been in this business almost 30 years. I think it's one of the most important jobs that a person can have. Very nice. So and you I, were mentioning character. Uh, How do you yeah. find character? Well, as I learned from my professors at Chapel Hill, where I received my PhD, uh, I've defined character as someone, how someone acts in all situations, and particularly when no one's looking. <laughs> you know, that's when no one's around that you, you do this, whether you're in a group or as an individual. It also means that you maintain a moral focus and a positive one when dealing with others in all situations, and specifically in your personal decisions and behaviors. Right. What you do when no one's looking, that is especially important these days, you know? It sure is. Yep. So please tell us a story of witnessing either in person or in history a true phoenix, so role model, leading by example, and making the world a better place. Yeah, I've been at Phoenix Academy for six years now, and I had a special education teacher here who was working closely with a student who was struggling with both academics and behaviors. This teacher continued to coach and model positive, productive, and successful behaviors that really helped that student improve. And to me, it was something that the teacher enjoyed being able to make a difference in that student's life as well. That's a great story. Um, so please share a moment that stands out in your mind, one where you know you had a significant impact on an individual's life for 
group of people. I guess I would go back to an inner city high school I worked in as a principal in the Charlotte-Mecklenburg school system. When I was there, I was able to help several young boys change their disruptive behaviors by providing ongoing support, counseling, and alternative choices in their decision-making. I had regular meetings with them at least two or three times a week. I continued to reward these students for making better decisions, and eventually they extinguished their inappropriate behaviors and became very positive role models for the school. And to me, that made me feel really good about making a change in their lives, which again, also had a significant impact on the school. Yeah, that, that's an awesome story. So let's talk about the trait of respect. I've talked about this to many of my guests in previous episodes, but this is a lost art in today's society. And um, as someone who works in a charter school and as someone who was a college professor, how do you think we can rekindle the trait of respect today? I think it has to be uh, front and center. Uh, we have lost a lot of respect for our, each other, our institutions. And I think we really have to make it a, a central part of how we deal with, with each other and any organization. And that's by maintaining considerations for all persons and communicating in positive ways and really striving to listen to others' concerns. In my role, uh, I really deal with a lot of issues, both academic, personal issues, family issues. The thing I learned a long time ago is the most important thing is to have respect for that person's ideas, their comments, and to be willing to listen to them and also let them know that you have empathy and understanding for them. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on that. It's something to think about, actually. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about empathy in a moment, but first, let's talk about responsibility. You were a college professor at both UNCW and Coastal Carolina University. You've been working with us at Phoenix Academy for over seven, six or seven years now. How do you um, handle such a big responsibility working in education? Well, I've always believed that... Um... Accepting responsibility is all about accepting accountability for what we do, what we say, and particularly when we admit that we're wrong. It's also having the ability to act independently and make those good individual decisions. One thing I learned a long time ago, particularly when I have a position of authority, is I have to be willing to let any of my followers, stakeholders, colleagues, or even my board know that Sometimes I may make mistakes, and the most important thing for me to do is to admit them, say, I'm sorry, and I promise you I'm never going to let that happen again. That's taking responsibility and being held accountable myself for what I'm doing and not thinking that everything I do and say is always going to be right because I make mistakes too. And then that lends itself to understanding responsibility with others that you work with so that when they see you modeling that behavior, they're more likely to also be willing to admit when they make mistakes, be honest and accept responsibility and be accountable for what they do. Yep, I agree wholeheartedly. And I got to tell you, I got to tell you something. I'm no saint when it comes to responsibility either. Nobody is, I think. And I think all of us, especially in today's society, could um, learn a thing or two about responsibility, especially in the leadership position. I agree. So let's move on to fairness. How would you 
find fairness? And how would you want people to demonstrate this trait, both in their personal lives and their professional lives? Well, I think the key there is is really straightforward. You have to remain and be impartial without favoritism and be fair to all parties. So you can't be quick to make up your mind. You can't be prone to favoring some person over another person and making sure that you look at both sides of the pancake before you make a decision. And when you're looking at fairness and considering requests from people, look at what the intended outcomes are and then also what some of the unintended consequences might be. And when you explain that to people, it helps them think about being fair in what they're wanting to do and the impact on themselves as well as the others they work with. And to me, it's all about being more rational and looking at what kind of effect is this going to have on others? I agree with that wholeheartedly. It's um, very important to think about when it comes to fairness. Not a lot of people um, mm-hmm. practice fairness anymore, unfortunately, which is too bad. So um, let's move on to trustworthiness. Nowadays, this has become yet another lost art, especially in our government and in our institutions. How would you define and live out trustworthiness? And more importantly, how do you instill it in others? Well, that's all about uh, being honest. Trustworthiness is being honest and being truthful. And uh, you had mentioned earlier about empathy, and I think empathy is a large part of trustworthiness because if you have the ability to understand and share feelings with others and understand their feelings, and you're honest and truthful, and one of the words with truthworthiness is, are you an authentic person? And that doesn't mean that you say negative or cruel things, but it does mean that you're, you're very honest and forthright in what you say, and that you listen to them with that same kind of openness. So really, are you an honest person or aren't you? Are you a truthful person or not? And that really determines a lot of your impact on persons and in any leadership position. That's one of the things I used to teach in my leadership classes at UNCW and Coastal was you have to make sure that people believe that you're an honest person and that when you're making these decisions, you don't have any other ulterior motives about making those decisions that this is what's going to be best for you and all persons concerned. Let's move on to Carrie. As a... um university professor. And again, as someone who works at a charter school, my question to you is, how do you demonstrate the act of caring to um, students at Phoenix and um, students in your leadership classes? I think caring comes back to how you display uh, kindness and concern for others. If you're not an empathetic person, you can't be a caring person. I'm also a certified counseling psychologist and I do assessments. For some of my students in workshops I conduct where I look at their personality traits and their orientations. So, and that has to be a genuine emotive response. And people can read that immediately. And it can be something as simple as saying hello in the morning or tell me some good things that have happened to you today, things that are good and, and what's happening that's making them feel good. And that caring goes back to letting them know that you're available as a support person particularly when they're down or they need someone to help them with an issue. And they always go to you. And we go back to trustworthiness too, is you have to be someone that they can feel open in telling you almost anything that you won't repeat that. 
And that's where ethics come into all of these things that you're talking about, fairness, empathy. You've got to be an ethical person and make sure that you're being considerate of things people are telling you. When you're in charge of people, particularly children, right? You know, they have to know that they that you really care about them and that they can trust you. And that's what makes the difference. And and that's not something you can pretend. It's something that you have to exude each day in your communication, in your behaviors, even your physical actions as far as smiling and, and being happy. I used to say when I was a principal, I had to walk up to that school on that sidewalk every morning with love in my heart when I went in there because however you acted is how the rest of the day went for the most people in the building. So if you're very positive and happy and caring, tell you it's going to be a great day at Phoenix Academy. That's very catching, and that usually helps people have a good day as well. Yep, i I'll think um I think I'll think people understand that you know teachers they can be very caring people if you treat them with respect. That's right. So let's move on to citizenship. Being in the education business is a big act of citizenship, at least in my view. But my question to you is, what do you think it means to be a good citizen? Well, I'll go back to my ninth grade civics teacher. And we need to start teaching civics in high school again. I think it's one of the best courses I ever had. Holding the position of citizen of a country brings with it the rights of being a citizen. And individuals must also commit to the standards, responsibilities, and expectations of their country. So if you want to have all of the perks and rewards and opportunities of a country, you also have to meet those standards and responsibilities and accept that as a citizen, I still am responsible for my local community, my city, my state, and ultimately my country. Yep. I can definitely agree with that. Um, So um, let's move on to empathy. That's going to be the last trait that we cover. How do you believe people across this state and this country as a whole should demonstrate empathy? Well, I think it starts by not being selfish. It's important to realize that it's all it's about can always be about someone else, not just me. Because, you know, you look at your needs and you realize that other people have their needs. So if you really want to be an effective person, you need to have that empathy so that you understand what is it they need to be the best person they can be or to help them overcome some kind of issue. And so empathy to me is the ability to be that understanding and sharing feelings with another, but making sure that that person feels like you value how they feel and their opinions and what they want as much as you do for yourself. Yep. I can definitely see where you're going with that. That's For all of our listeners out there, think about what Dr. Coleman is saying, all of you. Before we close, please share with us your thoughts on how we can bring character back into our culture. Well, one of the things is to look at a first step, which is not how to bring it back, but why should we bring it back? We have to identify and promote a sense of purpose and a vision what do we mean by character? Why do we think it's important? One of the uh, researchers and writers that talked about this a lot is Simon Sinek. And he stated that people do not buy into a culture by what you do, but rather by understanding why you do it. 
What's the purpose in having good character? What's the purpose in bringing it back into your culture? And the most important question to answer is, who benefits if we develop a positive culture? And if you focus on the answer to that question, you can get clarity to that. It focuses on how all persons, everyone, will benefit from a positive culture. And that culture will continue to thrive and to grow because everyone's benefiting from that. And this will require discussions where people feel comfortable expressing themselves and developing, excuse me, a belief system with the end goal is to have a society that maintains respect for all person, expects everyone to accept responsibility for their actions, and finally to always strive to do the right thing. That's what will bring character back. Very impressive, buddy. All right. That was Dr. Buddy Coleman, a leadership coach and currently the dean of the Mill High Campus at Phoenix Academy. Dr. Coleman, thank you very much for being on Character in Action. I appreciate the opportunity. To learn more about Phoenix Academy and its Middle High program, visit them online at phoenixacademyhighpoint.com. That's one word, phoenixacademyhighpoint.com. Also, to learn more about our organization, as well as the Phoenix Children's Book Series and curriculum, visit us online at 7docf.org. Thank you for listening. I'm Matthew J. Norcross, and always remember, everyone can be a phoenix.